Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Today, zooming in from the beautiful outskirts of Ottawa, Ontario, we've got our special guest, Sandro Canada, who's originally from Brazil, moved to Canada a number of years ago, and recently got into real estate investing and multifamily investing, and he's doing great things very, very quickly. So, Sandro, welcome to the show. Great to have you. It is my absolute pleasure to share this moment with the legend himself, Mr. David Dubois. Thank you for having me. Good thing this is audio only because I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have the problem. When you have a brown skin, people can see myself blushing. Well, there you go. That's that's one of the many challenges of being as pasty-faced as I am, Sandro. But anyhow, <laughs> let's let's get started here. How Brazil. Canada. A lot of Canadians hear that and they go, why the heck would you live, leave that beautiful country that you come from and move to Canada? So tell us a little bit about your backstory, Sandra. Yeah. So as a matter of fact, every winter, I ask myself the very same question. So I've been <laughs> asking that for the past 13 winters and that's uh -huh. how I um, but yeah, so living in Brazil, I went to law school and I came from the hood so if you have an idea what a hood looks like, keep driving, keep going further. That's the type of environment that I came from. Mm -hmm. uh, and since early age, I was the type of kid that always been very curious, always read a lot. And the society in general, they put people in boxes mm -hmm. and I never did it. Because when somebody comes to me and say, oh, you can't do it. My initial response is to do it just to prove them wrong. Mm -hmm. So that's literally how everything started. Uh, just going back a little bit, when I was uh, close to 16 years old and I had an opportunity to go to the US uh, to do uh, the high school, I actually won a scholarship. And my mom, she said, I'm not signing, you're a minor and you are under my responsibility, that is not happening. Mom, that can change my life. I don't care, you're not going anywhere. And then I wow. promised her, that one day I will have the opportunity to live elsewhere when I am the you know the, the the lord of my own decisions. Life went on, and I got married, went to law school. So, so you weren't able to go to the states? No, 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 no. My mom oh. didn't sign. It was a no, no, no. You're not going anywhere. Oh, that's I didn't. Sucks. Yeah. But then, uh, fast forward 2004, I got married to a uh, interesting lady. Uh, and uh, but I was established, uh, you know, it was the lawyer married the model. That's exactly what happened there. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was involved with a group of professionals. The things went sideways. And a cousin, he was working for a airline company, and he traveled over the hundred countries. And he always would say, "If I was about to leave Brazil one day to leave anywhere, this place is Canada." And that really. Interesting. Yeah. Because this is a guy well traveled. It's like, why Canada? It's like, oh my goodness. Just uh, he knew Quebec very well. So it was the La Façon de Vivre, mm -hmm. you know, like the, the, the way of living in Canada and being a very nice society. And why not? So finally, 2006, a group, a group of uh, people from the immigration department, they were doing some presentations across the country to attract professionals to immigrate to Canada. And it was very lucky that on that October of 20, sorry, October 2006, yeah. I was a presentation and they did the job very well because they show out the amazing places and it's like, oh my goodness, I want to live in this country. I had <laughs> not, not very many 
winter pictures, I would imagine. Oh, no, or no, look no. very pretty. If they were winter they pictures, show, they look very pretty. You know what they, did they show? They showed Vancouver. It's like, you can go snowboarding in the morning, go swimming in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, wow, right? Which is true. But that yeah, is for, for a few few days of the year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's how the, the Canadian dream started. And uh, finally, so I had to go back to university because I would not qualify as a lawyer. Yeah. So I had to go back to university. And then finally, in August 22nd, 2010, I landed uh, the airport in Montreal already with my resident card. So I got my permanent. Wow. Card. So what, what did you go back to school for? Was it for laws? Business. No. So I went. I went back and I did a MBA in business development with emphasis in uh, finances and insurance. Okay. And the demand was very high at the time because my strategy, you know, the immigration processes, they are based on points. So my strategy was to be able to qualify with highest points: age, career, life experience, professional experience. As I didn't have the language, I didn't speak English, and mm -hmm. I had basic French, but was compensated by all the other points. That was my strategy, and that's, that's how my that is so interesting, Sandro. Because back around that time, I'm trying to remember what year it would have been. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I actually hired a gentleman from Brazil who probably came on the same kind of program that you're talking about, but it was, a, it was very different. That poor guy, I remember he was a university professor in mathematics in Brazil, young guy, and his wife was a professional teacher, but their educational credentials did not transfer to Canada. So when I picked him up to work with me, he was literally working at Tim Hortons serving coffee. His wife was helping out my wife as in housekeeping at our home, kind of, she went from being a teacher in Brazil to basically being a maid here in Canada. It was a massive, massive drop down for them. Thankfully, I mean, they got the, and she didn't speak any English. They got the languages down. They went back to school here. They're living, a, they're living the Canadian dream now, but it, yeah. it took them a while. That's for sure. So I always, Hats off to anybody that that goes through all of that to get here, because most of us, you know, born and raised in Canada, people do not appreciate what we have. So what what is over the last number of years now that you've been here for what is what's what did you say, 13, 14 years? Yeah, 13. Yes. Yeah. What what now that you've got that much time in Canada? What is it that you appreciate most about it and what do you miss about back home besides the weather uh yeah. you know comparatively interesting that's a very interesting question because i tell to my american friends my brazilian friends my canadian friends that the american dream is up here it's not down the u.s hmm. of course there's some controversy there especially when it starts to talk about opportunities and entrepreneurship uh, but i really like the fact that if you hear if you're willing to put the work and you choose wisely how you're going to do the work, it doesn't matter your accent, your background, the color of your skin. I am the living proof. So I love the fact that Canada gave me the opportunity to live the life by design, right? Because it was much difficult for me back in Brazil. 
I had to be proving myself all the time. Status is a huge aspect of the Brazilian culture. And here people don't really care about that. There's the exception, but it's not the rule. Mm-hmm. Now, what I miss uh, back home, yes, the weather for sure. Uh, but uh, man, this is controversial. But I will say I don't really miss back home. Like he, I <laughs> home when I'm in Canada, I really feel this is home. Right? Nice. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I give an, an example. I I am in a uh, interracial interracial. Wow. I am on a interracial marriage. So my wife, she's Dutch Canadian. So mm-hmm. she's as white as it gets. And you know what is interesting? I remember that I am black and she's white when I'm either in the US or down in Brazil together. Other than that, it's not a thing. Yes, really? there's some events here and there, but I call these events an exception, not the rule, at least in my own experience, right? And also, I mean, we have two kids, two mixed, beautiful. Mixed. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, but there's not even there's not even part of our conversation because it's not a reality at all. So I empathize with other immigrants that they, you know, they share their challenges uh, because they exist. I'm not oblivious to that. Right. They have a mindset that you will be stopped by your limit beliefs. So if mm-hmm. that's what you believe. If you believe that you are what people are telling that you are, then that's it. I can't convince you otherwise. But if you're willing to do the work to beat the odds, let's have a conversation and I show you the roadmap. No, that's, I, I love that, Sandra. I lived for um, 10 years in Costa Rica, uh, 14 years overseas altogether. Similar situation. I married a Costa Rican. We had a, a, a biracial marriage as well kind of thing unfortunately it didn't work out but two beautiful kids came out of that that whole process and yeah when we moved back to canada i think that was that was one of the things that she appreciated well and and i did i mean yes there there are issues there is racism in canada nobody's going to deny that but i don't think it's as jagged or as pronounced as other places and one thing that that really surprised me living in Latin America is how racist it can be in Latin America against people of darker complexions. It, it, it's mind boggling to me, but you know, maybe that's my white privilege speaking. I don't know. I it just, but it, it was amazing. You are absolutely right. And I, I, so I was a young lawyer, right. Mm-hmm. And I was working for a top firm in Sao Paulo. That's where I am from. Again, how God orchestrated things in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, I am an action taker. So I found my space. But often, I moved into a neighborhood that uh, now is the status thing, right? So now I lived in a better neighborhood. And very often, people would ask me, are you a soccer player? Are you a singer? So people would get confused when I say, no, I'm not an entertainer. I am a lawyer. They're like, What? Because mm-hmm. that's deception. So I was the exception of deception. And so is that what I call is the that type of racism that is so intrinsic into the society that people don't even realize. And right. of course, it gets mad sometimes when I go to Brazil, but it's like, well, it's a long way to go and people are not really doing anything to change. Now, what I, what I find interesting that when I compare that reality with my reality here in Canada, 
Uh, and when I'm speaking at conferences, I make some jokes that make folks very uncomfortable, but I'm not apologetic. Like that's my truth. Uh, but what I find interesting that when I'm comparing here, when I first got here and I got a job at a convenience store, so then I ended up moving uh, to the auto area and I got a job to install satellite dishes for Bell. So I made very good money and I was in people's house and learning the language and all that. But what is interesting is that, especially in the auto region, you go to somebody's house, can be the nicest house in the street, and you never know who's going to open the door. Can be somebody that's white <laughs> or Asian or black, because there are people from all walks of life. And that's the one thing that amazed me. I remember that when our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, he moved to Ottawa from Montreal when he became the head of the party. Uh, and then I had I had no idea, but I got the you know I got the the invoice to go do the installation of a satellite dish, and I come to the house, I knock the door, and then his wife opens the door. But I, I didn't realize at this point I'm still like, hey, yeah, I'm the, the bell technician. It's like, Justin, the technician, the bell, la. and they say, like, oh, and then they, this guy come and I'm look like, man, this guy. So you look familiar. <laughs> I know you from somewhere. It's like, oh, probably from TV. Hi, I'm Justin. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's Justin Trudeau. Now, just to give a perspective, if that was in Brazil, that wouldn't happen in a billion years, ever, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. And here's the guy, super nice and talking to me, and he wanted me to go on the roof to run and a cable to put a TV on his kid's room. But I said, well, I can't because of, you know, the liability and the WISB. It's like, no problem. He jumped on the roof, got the cable. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my goodness. And the things like that, when I go back in my memory, it's like, oh, man. I mean, despite of uh, political preferences and all of that, yeah, but yeah, as yeah. individual, it's like, man, I live in a great country. Nice. That I literally being this guy that is so powerful and everybody knows him. And yet, here I am. And the guy, I'm not talking to the assistant of the secretary and the guy is untouchable. Don't talk to me. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so uh, I agree with you. South America, Brazil, for example, was the last country in the globe to abolish uh, slavery, for example. Wow. Yeah. To this day, we still have a lot of challenges. And that's why I love Canada. Because yeah. here, we do have challenges. But there are exceptions in my opinion. But it, it and it's all a matter of perspective and yes. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I hear you, my friend. Very, very fascinating. All right. So here you are, 13, 14 years later. You've learned the language amazingly well. Congratulations. Your English Thank is you. excellent. Thank you very much. Uh you you have gone from what some folks and that I don't know, that might have been a challenge for you at the time, like going from a very high status profession back home to working at a convenience store, being a bell technician for a while. That's status wise. That's a, a big drop for you, but you've, you've gone through that and now you're, you're self-employed as, as a real estate entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit, just quickly, how you got into real estate investing in Canada. Yeah. So that was the year of 2012. So it's just here for uh, a little over eight and a half, because I got here in August 2010. That was around March 2012. Yeah. A friend of mine, also from Brazil, bought a beautiful home. And then my immediate response was, 
oh, daddy's money makes life easier because it comes from a uh, well-off family. It's like, there's no such thing. My dad didn't give me a penny. This is all me. It's like, how did you do it? It's like, well, I went to the bank and they said there's a special program for new immigrants and I could put a 5% down payment and I bought the house. Go talk to my guy. <laughs> and your eyes went like that because I imagine, yeah. at least in Costa Rica, nothing like a 5% down mortgage existed. There's no such Never. thing. Never. So yeah. I go to the bank and talk to this guy and the guy, he is from Czechoslovakia. 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 Uh, and say, like, yes, I understand how hard it is for us. You know, we like, it's funny because, hey, brother, brother, we are all brothers. It's like, yes, we are all brothers. It's like, yeah, that's true. We have this program, you can qualify. But here was the challenge. I was working for Bell, I was a self-employed and starting selling light dishes. So the guy that owned the shop said, Sandro, put money aside because when tax time comes, you mm. don't want to be caught by surprise. But then when this opportunity came up, it's like, oh my goodness, but I, I, I don't have the 5%. Wait a minute. I have the CRA money in the bank account. Oh, hey, CRA, I filled my taxes. But guess what? I don't have the money. Wow, well, this is bad. Can you send us 10 checks? Yes, I can. Great. <laughs> send 10 checks to the CIA, got the money, boom, did the down payment on the condo. Great. Every, everybody else in Canada is petrified of the CRA. There you are calling them up, right? Making payment arrangements, making it happen. No, I love that. I love that story, Sandra. Well, then I bought the first condo and people say, did the CIA finance our first property? Well, technically, yes. <laughs> That's not an advice by any means. But that's how it happened. Yeah. Uh, and and then this friend, he gifted me with the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But then it's like, no, but this is an American book. Wait a minute. What you can do in the US? You can do because in Brazil, you cannot do the way that you can do here. Like leverage the mortgage debt and get the equity. Right. You can't. Literally can't. But here, I realized that everything I was reading the book, 99% was applicable in Canada. And that's how I knew that I was going to do my faith or my fate, if I will, through real estate investing. Because I had tried stock market, lost money. Crypto came around, I tried crypto, lost money. It's like, you know what? Math is not my strength. Mm -hmm. What I like about real estate is simple math. You buy the property for this, you do this amount of improvement, is worth this, that's your equity. Simple math. It's like, that's it. Fast forward. So I bought the condo, then I met my then So I, I came to Canada in 2010. Three months later, my ex-wife, she left. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 2012. I, I, I guess the winters were a little bit too much for well, I became poor. I had no status. Here. I cannot <laughs> yeah. say that. Don't yeah, she didn't want to be. She didn't want to be married to a guy working at a convenience store and installing. There we go. She married well, a lawyer, and it's like, who are you? I, I mean, yeah. I, I, we don't have a relationship at all, and she's a nice person, but she's living her. Yeah, that that chapter's yeah. that chapter's beyond you. Good. And then 2012, right after about the condo, I met my wife. Uh, and then we got married in 2013. Then I bought another condo because again, I read the book. That's it. Buy a condo, buy another condo. Then I signed the Money Sense magazine. We'd get the magazines every single month and listening to Dale and all these people. But my wife's like, 
I don't think you're doing right. It's like, I know, because I keep going back to the bank and they keep telling me that my GDS, TDS, which is the debt ratio is too high. No more money for me. Okay, so then I had this idea. Well, I might be need to put a group of friends together. So then now we do can do together. We brought five of us together, bought a property near Algonquin College. Oh, that's how we do it. We so what, a, was it another condo or was it a different kind of property? Oh, now we bought a property. There was a triplex that we converted into a, a fiveplex. Okay, got it. Small bought the property and then now, oh, let's get the property ready to rent for students. So this is 2018 now. Uh, and then we spent a year renovating the property. And then 2019, let's rent. Rent it out a few months later. Shut down, COVID, nothing. And it's like, oh my goodness. Well, we got to find a way. Then we pivot very quickly. We got off the road, you know, the way of renting for students yeah. to rent for young professionals. So we choose a niche in a sub niche and then boom, fully rented. So, well, okay. I'm, I'm curious about that. So you went from student rentals to, to young professionals, but still renting by the room. Is that? Yes, is that sir. Nice. Yes, All right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now I have a better control. I don't need to get the parents involved. They're not going to party in my property. So going that direction, we choose a niche and a sub-niche. So, okay, we're going to work with young professionals from where? Well, preferably individuals that are just coming from Brazil or from the Latin America countries. Ah. They, they have some resources. They are educated, but they try to get a rent and a landlord said, gives me six months up front and all of that. It's like, we don't need to do that. Right. Right. Smart. So that's like our target. And, plus, and plus, you spoke their language, right? Everybody could communicate. Yes. You had a competitive advantage right there. Absolutely. And that's how it started. But then at this point in my career, I was already working sales, doing extremely well. And again, for a guy that came speaking basic French and no English, and then I self-taught myself French, Self-taught myself English and now work in sales. It's like, if I can sell furnaces and air conditioners for individuals, I can do business because I, I, I that's going to happen. Right. Uh, and then with the pandemic, I was working for one of the largest HVAC companies in the country uh, and on the president's club and all that shenanigan. But then it's like, you cannot go to anybody's house. Mm. And that was the moment that I said, you know what? If I really want to be serious about real estate, that's my chance. So I'm online and looking for every single course. And, and then I came across these guys from Windsor throwing a digital bootcamp, two days real estate free. It's like, oh my goodness. And then I jump on the call and they're talking about private lenders, mix, be lend so not mix. So private lenders, be lenders, mix, talking about hard money. And I was like, what is that? It was like literally the matrix. Yeah. And then in that group was one guy from Ottawa killing it. So I connected with him and say, bro, from a black brother to another black brother, <laughs> how do you do this? It's like, Sandro, that's the wrong question. It's not how, it's who. Mm. So what do you mean? Oh, who is going to help you to do this? Like, so please tell me. Who is going to help me to do this? And that's how my path with, in Alfonso's path crossed. Because this friend introduced me to Alfonso. Uh, and they said, okay, I'm all in. I'm all in. So I, I did the course with Alfonso of 2020, graduated in 2021. 
And by the end of 2021, I went from the seven doors. So I had two condos and that five flex. Yeah. So I went from seven doors to 114 doors in my first year. So then Alfonso was like, man, you are a unicorn. Come on. So then he invited me to become one of his coaches. So I became a coach into his uh, educational uh, platform. Yeah. And uh, I said, because very interesting. You asked me, how was for me to come from a status perspective to go back? But in my mind, I always had this. This is a, just a temporary state because this current reality doesn't define who I am. Mm. Bringing the future into now, and I'm successful, I'm a reference, I'm a moneymaker, action takers. I always thought that way. So then I always have this attitude that if I have to do this, even that if I don't like, but this is a stepping stone towards my destiny, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it the best of my abilities because you're going to bring me there. And with that attitude and willing to do what I have to be done, it got me where I am today. Oh, that is fantastic, Sandro. Man, time flies when we're having fun. People can sense your energy. I'm sure there's a lot of folks who'd like to connect with you. If you had to recommend one place for all things Sandro Canada, where where would it be? So I'm very so I'm in LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, but I'm very active on Facebook. You can go to any platform slash Sandro Canada. You're gonna find me. Awesome, my friend. Well, this has been a real pleasure. Congratulations on all that you've done and all that you've gone through. I've really enjoyed your story. I love, I love the stories of newcomers to Canada just rocking it. And it's funny because this is like the third or fourth interview in the last week I've done with somebody who's come to Canada for a, from a different country and they're just crushing it. And I find it very inspirational, not just for other newcomers, but for born and raised Canadians to get off the rusty dusties and take some action because it's so doable. So thank you so much for being on the show, Sandra. My absolutely pleasure. Anytime, my friend. All right, everybody take care and we will talk to you on the next episode.